the Dream 3 Podcast, episode 33. We're back in your life. We have a ton of topics to get after today, from Neil not believing in Kozmet Shemaev to our $1,000 card challenge. Let's get after it. We're back after a week off. Um, A lot of stuff has taken place. We had a good fight night. The NBA playoffs have started. A lot going on in the card world. Neil's made some big moves. We've bought some cards. We've sold some cards. A lot of stuff for us to get into. I know we were going to talk about some NBA playoffs. Honestly, I don't know about your opinion. NBA playoffs kind of seem dead to me. You know, Lakers... Got, were trash, never had a shot to make it in. The only thing that's really, you know, kind of made the news for the playoffs is Kyrie going full Kyrie in Boston this this weekend. Yeah, I think the uh, terminology is Ramadan Kyrie right now. He is, uh, he's playing out of his mind, but I wouldn't expect anything less, especially going back to Boston, you know, being there, kind of leaving on a, a short notice and, um, mm-hmm. I guess you could say severing the ties with the Boston, the Boston crowd. So him coming back was kind of a one. That game was actually really good. That was I'm, a really good game. There. You know, I did. So what's your thoughts on, cause you know, Kyrie spent a lot of the game, you know, going back and forth with the fans and then the post game press conference, he was saying, Hey, you know, it, it's kind of a, a double edged sword here. Like people want the athletes to be, you know, all prim and proper and, you know, not take things too seriously. But when you have, you know, fans who are coming at you and constantly coming at you, like, you know, as an athlete, you know, you should be able to challenge them. You have a couple ways to go at it. You could be like the LeBron James type and, you know, I want this fan kicked out of the game or the Kyrie type of, hey, I'm going to say some stuff right back. Um, even think of Reggie Miller giving the Spike Lee the choke sign. Um <clears throat> You know, you, as a fan, you you pay, you pay to go in there and and you know, you can say whatever you want. You can't really do whatever you want. So I have no problems having athletes. You know, if you want to talk stuff to somebody, athletes should be able to talk right back to you. I hundred percent agree. I mean, I think there's like a threshold. Obviously, we we were all uh, victim as early Pacers fans to uh, the mouse in the palace, but. So that's something a little different. I mean, if you're getting beer thrown at you, it's a little different. But if you want to talk smack and you and you can get in Kyrie's head or you want to get in Kevin Durant's head or LeBron's head, like that's okay. It's just as long as you're not like making death threats on people. Like that's a little different. Yeah, for sure. You know. But but I think uh yeah, I mean, if you can chirp it up and get these guys to the off their game, more the power to you. I don't see an issue with that at all. No, there shouldn't be. And as an athlete, you should, you know, there's a couple ways you can think about it. You can use it as fuel to to fuel your fire for the rest of the game. It can get underneath your skin. You know, you can take it too personal sometimes, um, but but to each his own. Um, I think the way Kyrie handled it, like Pat McAfee was saying, you know, this is, he believes that's the way everything should be handled. So, you know, it, it, it's kind of one of the ways that, like I said, to each his own. Yeah. I think uh, no, that that first game was actually a really good game. Um, 
that's going to be a, a big, big, big. I think that series will probably go seven games. I'm not sure what Ben Simmons is going to look like coming back. Um, but if Ben Simmons is playing any kind of basketball, it's probably better than not having Ben Simmons. So I think that gives Brooklyn the edge. Now can they time it up and, you know, get past the Celtics? I know the Celtics are streaking hot and playing really good defense, but at the same time, there's not much different from last year as far as talent-wise and depth. So um, I, I really don't think the Celtics are, are that much better than Brooklyn. Um, I don't know. I picked Brooklyn to win the series. I, I think Brooklyn – I think the Brooklyn – um, if Brooklyn gets past this one, they'd play the Bucks. That'd be another really good series. I think the winner of that has a chance to go to the NBA Finals. Um, man, the the Warriors without Steph Curry looked really good. Looked yeah, really good. even with Steph, you know, coming back kind of off that injury, and he even said, you know, he's fine with sharing the court with Jordan Poole. Like, let Jordan Poole play a little bit he'll come off the um, Steph will come off the bench so you know like you said they still look pretty damn good without him um you got the Bucks that are leading the series over the Bulls 1-0 you got the Heat that are leading the Hawks um the Suns got a series over the Pelicans so far um the Jazz are over the Maverick or over the Mavericks T-Wolves over the Grizzlies, uh, 76ers are up one game, and they're playing right now. Um, the 76ers are also up on the Raptors right now, 62-50, as we talk. Yep. Uh, I, I I think from the beginning, let, let's, let's do this. Let's, let's just make our, our finals prediction who's going to win the, the championship. I got the Bucks and the Warriors in the finals. And I have the Warriors winning against the Bucks. I'm leaning towards. I'm going to lean towards the Bucks winning this year. Um, I, I'm not. I don't disagree with you at all with the the Bucks Warriors prediction. Um, I think not only they're very talented top to bottom. I just don't see much flaws in the game, especially if you can rest Steph Curry. Um, and like kind of what we just talked about, if if you have bench players coming off and playing just as well as your starters, like why not? You know that that's how you make a deep run. If um, if you watch obviously the the Nets game against uh, Boston last night, towards the end of the game, how tired did Kyrie and Kevin Durant look? I mean, they played almost eighty three minutes. Yeah, I mean, what what's going to happen is, I mean, the Nets, they don't necessarily have that depth that they had last year with some of the mm-hmm. other, like, alternative scorings. Although I think Joe Harris and I think Seth Curry, I think Seth Curry's an upgrade from Joe Harris as far as a basketball player, not necessarily three-point shooting. Um, but I think Seth Curry, I think Seth Curry gives them a little more dimensional as far as, like, offense and defense. Um and I like that. I like that um, from that aspect. But, I mean, time will tell. You know, Kevin Durant really hasn't ever made any – he's made one finals outside of the the two jokesters of championships that he won in Golden State. So, 
we'll see if he can put it together. Yeah, yeah. Um, All right, so also last week that we didn't really get to catch up on, I had a big UFC card, um, two title fights, Shamaya versus Burns. It was a great card top to bottom, but I think obviously the best fight that kind of overshadowed both title or both title fights was Shamayev and Burns. Um, stand-up war, banger war, um, very overhyped. I wouldn't say overhyped, but enough to... The one was overhyped. So that's where we're going to get into. Like, So you're not a big believer in Shamayev. Is it right now or just overall? Well, here's the thing. I think a lot of people were talking him up, and I think his talent was talking him up. But... Gilbert Burns is a top three guy in the division and you went toe to toe with the guy and it, at times he didn't look, and I would say for a majority of the fight, it wasn't like he was absolutely dominating Gilbert Burns. Like when you, I think of it, and this is part of this is like probably the card market, but like Chemayev, Makashev, Islam, um, who else? Name me some other prospect guys that people are super hard. Any, super hard. any Dagestani. <laughs> yeah, right any now. Dagestani. So the problem, the problem with this is they just they they believe that just because they come from Habib's camp means that they're just gonna be these the greatest of all time. But and this is another problem, is like there's no respect for the the greatest MMA fighters of all time. Like Daniel Cormier was was well balanced and his only two people he ever lost to are going to be UFC hall of famers who are arguably the best ever in their division. Mm-hmm. Actually probably unquestionably the best ever in their division um, as of now. And the, one of the greatest, if not the greatest of all time. So John Jones and, and uh, uh, Stipe. So, you're talking about there's no respect for Daniel Cormier. There's no respect for how good John Jones was. There's no respect for how good Anderson Silva was or GSP. And people think these prospects are just going to come in here and be the next Habib. And don't get me wrong, like Habib's a great MMA fighter, but at the same time, like he got to the top and he kind of just like got to the top and that was it. And I would like for him to show a little more. Because the the people that I have in the top ten that are better than him, you know, top the three greatest MMA fighters of all time, they were at the top, but they sustained the top success, and they did it for years. I mean, years. We're talking what ten, ten, not I think nine, nine title defenses is the lowest, and that was GSP. If I'm not mistaken, GSP at nine, Anderson at eleven title defenses, and John at thirteen. Mm-hmm. So, like, you're telling me for seven to nine years, those guys are just reigning over a division. And we act like, you know, these guys, these Islam, we act like Islam, we act like Chemayev are going to be these these all Hall of Famers. And it's like, they they looked they looked human. They looked so, human. So is your beef that... The hype is too early, or he just hasn't proven himself yet. The hype's too early. It's too early, and he hasn't proven himself. You're like, like great. You ran through a division, but if you don't make it to the mountaintop and you lose to Colby Covington, then 
you lost to Colby Covington, you're worth nothing. Well, the thing is, he hasn't he hasn't run through the division. He's had four fights in the UFC. None of them were in the top ten. His fifth fight is against the number two ranked guy in the world. Yeah, but people act like he's gonna he's already a champion. Like that's how they're treating him. Yeah, and they're I mean, not even giving respect to Usman or or Adesanya, any of these guys on that or Peter Yan or they're they're not giving any respect to those guys. Peter Yan got screwed in that fight, hundred percent. He won that yes. first round. Um, but I think with with Shemaev, um, first off, he's not out of Khabib's camp. Uh, he's been in Sweden since he was in early high school because he's a three time Swedish national championship wrestler. Um, he's been training at Gustafson's gym since he was 17. Um, I think in that fight, it proved that he is still a prospect. Um, he didn't yes. really, his, his game plan, he, he, he didn't, his first four fights, he ran through his opponents, ran through them. Mm -hmm. With Gilbert, Gilbert's a different type of cat. He's number two all time for a reason. But you got to see some things uh, that Shemaev did do and what happened that kind of says, you know what, this cat's a little bit different. For example. Yeah, he's got uh, the talent to be a, a top, top guy, and he showed that. That's why he won the fight. For sure. I mean, he took a shot. He took that overhand right that knocks out 99% of human beings of all time and ate it. The other thing that shows me that he took or he took down Gilbert Burns, who is an ADCC, which is the biggest tournament in jiu-jitsu. He's an ADC silver medalist. And Gilbert Burns couldn't even hold Shemaev down. Now, I, I think he got Shemaev. I think he got way in over his head trying to knock the guy out, and they stood there toe-to-toe, -to -toe, which was mm -hmm. absolutely not the game plan. If he wanted to, he could take Gilbert down if he wanted to. And you could hear his coach screaming about it. Do I believe the hype? I do. I think the hype is real. D is am I looking for somebody? If you look at that division, does anybody else excite you? Does it does Michael Kiesa excite you to move up the ladder? So, so what are we talking about though? Like, are, are we talking about hype? Are, are, are we talking about the fact that like the division excites you for the future and just having good UFC fighters? Are we talking about a guy who's going to be the next, you know, GSP? <laughs> A prospect that could be the next GSP. I mean, we're. I don't. I just don't. I don't see it. Like, he, he, here's an example I'll give you. We grew up watching GSP, John Jones, and Anderson Silva run through divisions, mm -hmm. and they didn't run through the division up until the top tier guys. They ran through the top tier guys, mm. without question. I, I can mean, say can that. You, uh, well. The only one I you can you can probably argue is GSP had a little trouble when Matt, he got he lost, he lost Matt to Matt Sarah. Sarah, came back, but then after that he he realized what his talent was and that's taking people to the ground. But I can also say for John Jones, was he was he fighting? I'm not saying he wasn't fighting top tier guys. He was fighting a Shogun Hua who was the middle or the. Light heavyweight champion Shogun had already had a long career in Pride. Machida, champ. I mean, Rampage Jackson was the champion at one point. Yeah, but remember, at the time, what didn't Rampage beat Rashad Evans? No, no, that was the or most. Was that after? No, they they had, 
only fought once and Rashad just took him down over and over and over. Remember that fight was so hyped and then it was the absolute oh, worst yeah. fight. Is that how Rashad time. won the title? Uh, no, it wasn't for a title. Rashad won it by knocking out uh, Liddell, wasn't it? Uh, no, it wasn't Liddell because Liddell had already lost the title to Rampage. Rampage. Oh, then, so then Rashad beat Quentin in the title fight because who did he who did he get it? No, he it wasn't for the title because they were the tough coaches. Um, but I do know Rashad Rashad lost it to Machida. So it's oh, somewhere in, it's somewhere in between there. So but 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 you're talking about like Rampage who at the time was power bombing people through a, a octagon was, canvas. That was 5 years before then. By the time it he doesn't, went, it doesn't matter. No one from Pride to the UFC his career was completely different. Yeah, but Quentin went Quentin took Chuck Liddell and knocked him unconscious. And at the time Chuck Liddell was the guy. But it's also like the guy who I mean Quentin's was the first knockout of the, the train of knockouts after that for yeah. Liddell. But I'm saying like another thing with the division, like a guy who's six foot four fighting at 170 pounds or a hundred and yeah, two hundred and five. No, 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 no. I'm talking about Shamayev. Oh. It's 70, right? Yeah, it's 70. Yeah. Um, so a guy who's six foot four fighting out at 70, like look at him compared to Gilbert Burns. They look like two different people. Like Shamayev looks like a light heavyweight in there. So another thing is like, let's keep it interesting. You're always looking for those new prospects. What's going to get me to get involved? Like Michael Chiesa does not excite me. Name me somebody else in the top 10 of 170 right now that I want to see fight. What's his name who lost last night, who is number three to Muhammad in a decision like i didn't even know luke was number three at 170 yeah that's how bad the 170 division is yeah but but like you got agreed the 170 division is not great but at the same time like if the 170 division is not great he should be dominating gilbert burns he should dominate colby covington and then he should go toe-to-toe with kamar usman right that's that's essentially what he should. should. So, but like, I want to see the I want to see the Kobe Covington fight, and I'll tell you why. Yeah, you know, and we were on that kick on our UFC page with with squints and everything. So yeah, six foot four, Kobe's five eleven. Look, and that one one guy said, "Oh, Kobe's going to out kickbox him. He's four and a half inches taller and probably has a six inch reach advantage." Kobe, good cardio. That's great. Can he wrestle with the guy? I want to see it. It's kind of like anything else we see with Colby. We saw it with Masvidal. Can he strike with him? Can he get him to the ground? This is what makes interesting matchups. This will yeah. be a, this will be a real test of Shemaev because Shemaev's that's his first top ten fight. Like we said, it's the number two guy of all time. They stood there, they swang and bang, like Derek Lewis would say, and you know he ate so many punches, and his coaches were so pissed because he didn't stick to the game plan now that he's got his taste of you know getting in there he's ate some punches from the big dog now you're going against the number one contender in the division now we're playing you know with the real big dogs not saying not taking anything away from gilbert burns gilbert burns is a legit fighter i think the only the number two number one and the champion are the only guys in that division that are worth my time and my money 
everybody else is a mid-card fighter for the rest of their lives, guaranteed. So you have this new guy who's not only <clears throat> smoking fools previously, now they're not, you know, top 10 guys, but he's also got the size. He's got the stigma around him. Now he's got this thing with Darren Till that he's the, the Smish brothers, which is, you know, another thing that kind of gets me excited. Like, you know, something different. What made everybody excited about GSP? Well, he was a true martial artist. He never said anything. He was always about, you know, being traditional, being respect. Why did people like John Jones in the beginning? He was the same way. And then, you know, cocaine took over and now people, <laughs> people have a different perspective. Some people like him, some people yeah. don't. Yeah, I would, I would just like to see, um, I would just like to see, you know, we saw a taste of what Shemayev can do. It, it's going to come down to what can you do in the next two fights? Can you yeah. go and you beat, you know, can you go and beat Colby Covington? And then can, after that, can you go and beat Kamari Usman? Yeah. But if you can't beat Covington, then you have to work your way back up, you know? Okay. Now the big debate, I would, I'm not even going to call it a debate because we were on this topic for like a half hour last night. John Jones, Steep A, UFC 2, 276, July 2nd. More than likely going to happen if John Jones wants to play. I do not want to hear that Stipe is going to outbox John Jones. I don't want to hear that Stipe has a chance against John Jones. It, not it, going to happen. John Jones, first round, TKO. Yeah, well, I, I wouldn't say that. Because John, John is the kind of fighter who, as much cocaine as he snorts and as much stupidity outside of the ring happens, John does one thing well, and that's game plan for a fight and take your weaknesses and exploit them. Mm -hmm. Like, who would have thought that John would have taken Leota Machina, just basically hugged him to death along the cage, and then just choked him out and let him drop dead? Because that's what he did. You know, it, it, who would have thought that the second time that he fought Gustafson, that he would have just straight up just beat the, beat the shit out of him? Because yeah. that's what he did. Yeah. You know, and it's John. What people forget about John is he's so technically sound and gifted as far as game planning. He sticks to his game plan. He watches tape and he exploits the weaknesses of others. And that's what he's going to do with Steve. That's what he's going to do. And if I, it, and if you beat him, beat him quick enough, maybe you get Enganu when he's recovering from his ACL, and maybe you think, oh, maybe we'll take him out. I think I, I think Ngannou's done. Whoever wins, who if this is for the interim title, they're going to be the heavyweight champion. Ngannou's out until the end of the year with the ACL that he just got repaired. His contract's up in January, so he can't fight. So the stipulation was you win the title fight, you, you get extended one year. So he can't fight before that deadline. So my thought process is... He either gets paid a ton of money, which I don't think the UFC will do, or he's going to go box. So if Tyson Fury wins, which he should, destroy Dylan White, I bet Ngannou fights Tyson Fury for a bunch of money and then Ngannou retires. That's my thought. I don't have a feeling that Ngannou really wants to fight MMA anymore. Yeah, I mean, I mean... I, I see your thought process. I mean, Connor did the same thing. He walked out on top and said, you know what? I'm going to go box Floyd Mayweather for $50 million. So why not? 
if Ngannou can get fifty million to go fight Tyson Fury, why not? You know, because at the end of the day, what are what are these guys here to do? They're here to make money, right? Exactly. Like it's kind of like the NFL. Not everybody loves playing football. People love making money, and if this makes me the most money, I'm gonna do it. Not a lot of people like fighting, but if I'm getting paid for it and I'm getting paid pretty well, if I can make more money boxing than I can in the UFC. Why not? Why do you think everybody wants to fight Floyd? Why do you yeah. think everybody wants to fight Canelo or Tyson? You know, Perry? and what what helps that decision is these guys also have a championship. They've won their championship. Uh, you know, you bring up football. Tyree Kill probably wouldn't sign with Miami if he hadn't have already won a Super Bowl. Like he's already got a Super Bowl, so twenty five million a year might as well take it. Well, a couple of things with that. Twenty five million a year. I'd much rather live in Miami than Kansas City. And there's uh, no yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. There's, no, your Super there's, no state ta- there's no state tax there either, right? Yeah, but but that's what I'm saying. You look at all the other variables now because you've already won the only variable that matters in your sport, yeah. and it's the championship. So in Ganu McGregor, they've won their championships. They don't need to stay anymore. They're they've just they've the hit fight. the pinnacle. Yep. Yep. So it's why, all about making money. Why, why do the why do it more? No, I, I totally understand. Like that's exactly it, why John Jones hasn't fought, and probably why he gets in more trouble. It's because he wants yeah. more money, and he's like, you know what? I have all this money. I don't need to do anything, so he just gets in trouble. Yeah, no, I, I understand. I, I agree with that. Uh, but yeah, for we had a we had a long discussion with some casual last night, saying that uh, Steep A. Stipe was going to beat the brakes off of John Jones and that John Jones is a cheater and, and John Jones hadn't fought in forever or John Jones hasn't put anybody out since for years, but like, let's okay. So John Jones's last TKO or knockout win was 2018. Stipe's was 2019. So close enough, basically the same. The, the whole steroids thing. I don't want to hear it. Every professional athlete on the face of the planet has taken steroids one time or yep. other in the life. If you've ever broken a bone, if you've ever been sick, if you've ever been, guess what the doctor prescribes you? No, no, it's not, it's not the same thing. It's, it's same. okay. So an antibiotic, okay. An antibiotic steroid. Biggest misconception we had. He goes, well, Floyd Mayweather's not jacked. Steroids do not make you big, bulky, muscular, looking like Jose Canseco. What do steroids do? They help you recover so you can continue to push your body harder and harder. Correct. Recover quicker, quicker so you can train harder. Not that it's, oh, I'm going to take a steroid and I'm going to look like, you know, Mark Coleman. Yeah, no, it, no. And that's that's a misconception I think that a lot of people have. is like, oh, steroids just make you huge. They don't, you know, and that's not the case. It's It's... It's something that's just going to make you better. I mean, I brought up the point. I was like, Lance Armstrong was on, you know, doing more than more than I could count different ways of doing steroids, blood doping, HGH. It doesn't matter because it's it's like you said, it's about a recovery. It's about being able to build back that muscle quicker, being able to activate those quick twitch, twitch fibers quicker, mm-hmm. doing everything to be just basically better than your opponent. Not about just building masses massive amounts of muscle that's not what steroids is about no um yeah and i think 
part of that's just uneducated people making comments about things that they just haven't looked into and they're casual. They've only gotten a part of the story. So casuals. The problem. Yes. Casuals. Casuals. All right. Uh, moving on, man, the NBA or the NFL free agency is still popping off. I want to know how does everybody want to go to the Los Angeles Rams and how do you still have money to take in now today? So speaking of today, I'm asking the same question about the Cleveland Browns because they signed their corner corner today for a five-year, $100 million deal. He's now the highest-paid corner in the NFL. So you, you probably know a little more about this than I do, but what you can do to take money off your actual books for the year is create signing bonuses mm-hmm. and make those bonuses – essentially just money up front so that way you don't have to pay them their salary across the majority of the season saves you calorie set or salary cap space and allows you to get more flexibility with the other players. Mm -hmm. That's how Los Angeles has done it the past few years. And that's what's given them a title. Bobby Wagner was a huge upgrade at linebacker, but for me, I still think there's holes in Los Angeles's defense. And one of those being, um, corner because we let Darius Williams walk. He went and he signed elsewhere. We'll see. We'll see if we can cover up that spot in the defense. But yes, everybody can. Everybody, it's it's almost like uh, manipulation of the salary cap to be able to create teams, and that's what that's what people have gotten or people have done. They've gotten smarter with their money on how to create more opportunities. I'm just glad the Colts finally got. So they got two players, obviously, Stephon Gilmore, which I think is the biggest corner signing, a two-year deal, $24 million, 14 guaranteed. That's great. Um, McDougal signing, uh, that helps also. Um, now we just need a wide receiver of some sort. I mean, we you don't have to go after one in the draft. We're going to have to because who else are you going to pull? You look at the top 10 free agent wide receivers. You got Julio Jones, who's 33 and hasn't been productive in a couple years. You got Jarvis Landry, who wants 20 something million dollars a year. That ain't happening. No. Nope. Um, and then everybody else is like Danny Amendola, a uh, bunch of slot guys that are not number ones. We need a true number one receiver. Michael Pittman Jr. is not it. Michael Pittman Jr. is like at best two. What, so, what do you guys do you do you guys have a first rounder this year? No. Gave it for Carson Wentz. But you back you got back one of those picks, didn't you? Yeah, we got back third a rounder. We got back a third. I think we have one or two seconds and two thirds. Well, if we know any seven. recent history, um don't go with an Ohio State wide receiver because you guys have done that recently. And that's uh, that's it. We've done that with Paris Campbell has been hurt. Three out of the four years. Um, Anthony Gonzalez, solid, not great. Um, no, like big, big play name guys. But did you, they, do, do, how many first round draft picks do you have next year? I think one. Why don't you go after Debo? He wants out. How much, yeah. how much cap space you got? Right now, I think it's. I'd have to look, but I want to say we still got 20 something. 
first round draft pick, third round draft pick. So I, I'm, I bet my guess is they're going to draft a lot. Wide receivers, offensive line. It's a deep draft. Now, the biggest thing that, you know, I'm seeing is the Lions are now kind of mm-hmm. in the Malik. So Jared Goff, gone, more than likely, or yep. the backup role. So if the Lions take Malik. Well, Jared will be the starter, at least for the first few games, until they develop whoever they draft. How many? Like, we went from hearing, you know, all – all season that this quarterback class is going to suck. It's not as good as the Trevor Lawrence class. There might be four or five quarterbacks taken in the first round. Yeah. Why wouldn't, why wouldn't Detroit just make the smart play and go for a defensive player like Aiden Hutchinson, even though I'm not exactly high on him, but even like a cave on Thibodeau, somebody, somebody who can at least be an edge guy. And the next year, maybe go for a quarterback when Bryce Young comes out who I think is a much talented, much more talented passer than what you have available on this. Um, couple, couple reasons. One, when they traded for golf, golf, was that a straight up trade, like contract and everything? And I do- money, money, the money made sense. And I think the only thing that was different was draft picks. Um, my only thought would be if golf is, but he's only got one more year. I think literally the reason why is because they have like one or two more years left on the deal too. Then that would mean what would his uh, dead cap be? Because if you cut him. Probably 25 20. Mil. If you release. So Next you, year. Yeah. If you do it this year, it's probably 20. It's tough. Um, that's a tough call because, you know, why do you take a rookie quarterback? Uh, because he's doesn't get paid a lot of money in the first four years. Yeah, that's and true. you don't have to pay a big name quarterback. So thanks to Dujane, uh Colts got twenty one million in cap space. So I mean, Big we could play. could afford Jarvis Landry, but there's nobody in the top ten of the free agent wide receivers that I would want as a number one for the Colts. Debo, but he's not a free agent. He's just once out. Which, if you're the might 49ers, well be a free agent. I mean, if you're the 49ers, you're going to ask for a one, a three. And a seven. Be my that guess. doesn't sound bad at all. Uh, I don't know. Here's the thing, though. You have a you have a a defense, a front seven defense that can carry you in the playoffs. You have an offensive line, and you have a running back that can carry you. Okay, so here's you need, my. You need a one wide receiver, and you need a competent quarterback to get you to a conference championship game. So my other thing would be like, here's why I wouldn't want to trade away a one and pay Debo because next year uh, Quentin's going to have to get his contract, which is going to be a hundred million dollar contract. Okay. Well, just make it into a signing bonus. Like they do everything else. You got Gilmore for cheap. 14 million guaranteed. That's pretty cheap. Yeah, guaranteed, but over the course of two years. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I, th- I think you guys can do it. Plus, from a Rams perspective, I don't have to see Debo anymore, and that makes me happy. <laughs> how, about makes Der- me very happy. how about Derek Carr getting 20? Well, it's 21.4, but in all reality, it's 41.5. Like, Do you feel that Derek Carr is worth that type of money? 
No, but he, you can't go out and get anything better. And he took your team to the playoffs with a terrible roster. Well, you also absolutely decimated roster. You also handcuffed yourself because bringing in Devontae, them being college teammates, paying Devontae a ton of money, you're not going to have, you know, Derek Carr leave and then you bring in Connor Cook. Sorry, sorry, Squints. Bring in Connor Cook to be your starting quarterback. Like, Devontae's going to be like, why did I leave Aaron Rodgers? Maybe, maybe that was the way they incentivized it. They said, maybe this deal with uh, Devontae and the Packers, maybe it was done a long time ago. And the only way they could ever make it happen is if Derek Carr stayed. I'm yeah. sure there's stuff behind going on behind the scenes. I mean, you heard that whole article on Tom Brady going to the Dolphins, right? I did for like an ownership standpoint yeah. also. Him, him and Sean Payton both going to the Dolphins. And the only person who stopped that train was Brian Flores when he came out with that lawsuit. Because he thought he thought they were they were trying to screw him, but they were really just trying to pick up Tom Brady and Sean Payton for cheap. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. That's funny stuff. I'm trying to think what else been fun going on. So drafts drafts next next week. Next week. Next Thursday, right? Yeah. Thursday's first round. Second and third Friday, and then the rest are Saturday. Um, yeah. Man, I wish. Remember when the draft was two days and you would just yeah. grind Saturday and Sunday sitting there? Me and Tommy would sit there for two days and watch every single pick. Hey, I mean, that's a lot of dedication. It is. I mean, what's, what's better? And I'll tell you what is... What I like right now, did you watch the USFL this weekend? A little bit of it. I should have watched more, but. First game did like 3.5 million viewers. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, it wasn't bad football. Now the second. I I recognize a lot of the names on there. Now the first game yesterday was awful. Like Paxton Lynch is dirty brown trash water to the max. We knew that in the NFL. We see that now, like no on the no. I but I applaud the USFL, the rules, you know, the mics, the different camera angles. Even though I feel like with the drone shot, that just like it's making my head spin when I see it. Just <laughs> ooh, like yeah. But you know, I'm all for spring football leagues, giving guys more chances, playing football. Like there's a lot of guys that it's I just saw more football. We all love I, football. We saw guys last night that you're like, man, I would like to maybe these guys, some of these guys could probably still play in the league. And there were some dudes hitting. There were some big time, big time receivers making catches like guys, six, four, six, five from division two schools. You never heard of making hunt one handed grabs. Like I'm down to watch these guys, you know, go out there and try it. Plus next year we get the XFL coming in so you'll have two spring leagues yep so more football the better i think it gives them an opportunity to play with rules that uh, that you know you could see implemented in the nfl like the fourth and 12 rule instead of the onside kick i do Uh, like that a little bit there's all kind like they they made a great idea or uh, a great comparison like you know after the the rules have been changed where you can't stack to one side the onside kick has a four percent chance of getting completed where 
Before then, it was 12%. So what's the, like Mike Pereira said, what's the same thing that you would get on a 12% play as a fourth and 12? So now if you don't get the fourth and 12, now the opposing team gets the ball at your 20. So it mm-hmm. gives you a big, you know, opportunity to, you know, to gamble. Plus you have the one, two, three point play uh, point after touchdown. I thought there was all kinds of things that you we could nitpick, nitpick at. People say it's bad football. And the only thing you could really say is, you know, bad quarterback play makes it look like bad football. But these guys have only been together for three weeks. Yep. Debo's got a good point. Um, I think we saw this last year. Philip Walker was a was he an XFL guy? XFL yeah. guy um, got a roster spot and ended up starting a few games, playing pretty decent. Um, Taylor Heineke. Taylor Heineke. He's another guy. Uh, a lot of these guys are are some decent players, and you know maybe they got overlooked in the draft. Maybe they just were. Like you said, come from D two schools, but they there's there's a lot of there's a lot of unused maybe talent out there that people could see, and when it goes on display, maybe they give an opportunity or sign with a team that might need some help there. You know, I'm telling Making you, there were there were a couple linebackers and safeties yesterday that I was like, man, I can't believe these guys aren't in the NFL. There was even a couple running backs, smaller, undersized guys, but had some speed. Brian Dawkins' nephew's in there who's running back. Um, but I, I'll watch football all day long. Like, it's, you know, football's football. You want to call it a bad college game? You want to call it whatever? Like, you know, if I see guys strapping on the pads, I'll watch. That's right. That's right. All right. Let's turn our attention to uh, kind of some of the last uh, couple weekends. Uh, golden auctions, PWCC auctions. Uh, did you pick up anything, Caleb? Did you watch uh, anything? Last couple weekends, I, I've I've done some some small items that I have not gotten yet, and uh, have not put up on my pay on the Instagram page yet. Showtime Sports Cards, but I'll tell you what I have bought. Um, um, so everybody probably already saw. You know, my Herm, my Herm Edwards game use patch auto from the yep. Eagles. That was pretty sweet. Uh, my Champ Bailey game use patch auto and my Keyshawn Johnson. Now, last night, it was it last night or was it two days ago? Um, a couple days ago, I picked up probably the first baseball card. Um, not because I'm kind of trying to stick to this game use patch auto game. The one thing about flawless baseball is Panini doesn't have the uh, license. Yeah, so you know some of those, but they do a good job of making it look like, yeah, you don't even notice them. So yeah. I did pick up a uh, 2021 flawless Bobby Abreu Phillies out of five, and it is a quad patch. It's a dual quad patch on card, game used. So got it cheap. Like you can get some baseball cards that look nice for under fifty bucks, and. Yeah. Uh, yeah. One. I think that's an underrated thing, especially like if you're, I mean, let's be honest, we're all collectors in here. So mm. if you're trying to collect something, you're trying to collect your team or something like that, a non-licensed product, even though it's, even though it's non-licensed, Flawless makes a really good product too. If you can get something cheap, that's an odd card auto and a patch. Why wouldn't you? 
you know? Yeah. And then the, the big card I've probably bought, it's probably the most expensive card I've gotten in a couple months. Um, I did get a 2018 optic Kai Havertz purple velocity at a 125. You know, we talked to Josh about You did this. make that one? You did buy that? Oh, yeah. I bought it. I, the guy accepted my offer, got it cheaper because, you know, you picked up the 99. And I thought that's a that's a, perf- that's a perfect play because um, we've, you know, we've been pretty open that we're all kind of planning towards the World Cup this year. We think it's going to explode kind of like F1 did. You're going to see a yeah. big rise in soccer cards. So, you know, even the Mbappes, the PSA 9s, the non-refractors are starting to go back up. I remember I bought mine, you know. Right after they really, really dipped and really hit the ground, I bought mine for 120 bucks, and I think they're over 300 right now. As as we get closer to this World Cup, you know, you got to be smart and you got to do your you got to do your due diligence. You know, Josh is very knowledgeable in the soccer game, and you look at Kai Havertz; he's he's a generational talent. He's going to start. Uh, he's starting for Chelsea right now and doing work. And it plays for Germany. And like you said last night, Germany's guaranteed to be in the semifinals at least. Yeah, they it's it's the German machine just they just they grind out everybody and it just seems like every World Cup they're always in the semis. And you're just like, geez, can these guys ever just leave, please? So so I think you and me both kind of put a little investment bet down on Kai last night, you got the orange optic out of 99 and I got the yep. purple out of 125. I think you got a smoking deal on yours. And I think mine wasn't too bad either. Um, so it's hey, Mbappe. It's, it's sad as it sounds. Mbappe is probably still a good play. Mbappe. And I think so little world cup ish right now. One thing that does scare me that I think people are, are buying into that I have cards on is Polisic, but I, I think Polisic is a great player. But there, what was USA England is Black Friday? Yes, I think that's the time to sell. I think you sell right before the game. I would, well, I would that's, agree. It, it's because tough. it's tough though. Because if they if they win, everything's going to go berserk. But if they lose or tie. Screwed. They're probably going to end up making it through to the round of 16. They might win that game, but then they'll probably lose in the quarterfinals. They're just, they're not good enough, I think, to make the semifinals or better. They're just not, they're not talented I, enough. They're too young. I think you just need to get, you just need to beat England. That's oh. it. And then you unload England's your USA. Good, though. England's I know. got a lot of talent as well. I know. I, and it's tough because, you know, I'm holding. Polisic, I'm holding Jaden Sancho, who's not going to yep. really start for England. But if you got some Harry Kane, that'll be helpful. Um, a lot of people, you know, the Holland hype train, he's not even going to be in the World Cup. He'll probably know ne- oh, what's sad about that. He may never actually make a World Cup. Mm-hmm. But if your team is just bad. It, but if you're holding Holland, you're going to, he's going to go to the Premier League next year. Next I've year. heard, is it Liverpool or Arsenal? No, it's not Arsenal. Maybe Liverpool. There's two, I think I it's there's Arsenal two clubs that are gonna that are, are willing to pay the buyout. Yes. Or whatever it's called, transfer fee. Yes. Um, and then my guy, uh Mukoku, who's the 17-year-old phenom on yes. BBG. 
that's so if I'm prospecting one person, it's that guy. Yeah, he's 17. Who's his uh what's his national team? Uh he is I want to say German. No way. I gotta look at it real quick. Makoku. Um you look it up. I'll do, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll you look it up. I'll go uh I'll start on kind of some PWCC golden stuff. So yeah. last week there was a a Tom Brady out of a hundred that sold for one point four million. That's actually down and card ladder and slap socks put out a, a schematic just kind of showing the Brady market. It hit its peak February second, I think, which was virtually like a week or two after he announced his retirement, um, which was the peak the, the peak price. It's since gone down since he's uh, told that he's gonna or told us that he's gonna be back. I think Brady is still a good long term investment. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, any any goat is gonna be a good long term investment, but uh, it does someone definitely got one in on the cheap on that one. Um, an eight five ten for one point four. I mean, not cheap, but I think Brady's still really good. Um, I did see a 2016 Bowman Chrome Red out of five Vlad Guerrero 1010 BGS 1010 sold for five hundred fifty-two thousand dollars. Now, from a prospecting side of things, that is a huge, absolutely huge sale. But I think Vlad is a very good player. And I think the Blue Jays are a very good team. So I don't watch a lot of baseball, but I do pay attention a little bit to some of the metrics. I, I make sure I listen, at least, even though I don't buy baseball very much. The Blue Jays are a really good team, stacked with a lot of hitters. They can they can hit themselves into the playoffs. And if they get some decent pitching, they can make a run. Um, I think for the next three to five years, they're going to be a good team. So... That sale, I'm, I'm kind of not surprised by, but it is a BGS 10, which is, I mean, Tough a pristine card. Yeah, that's something you're never going to see, especially on something new, um, especially that high end of a product. So that's kind of a, a kind of a, you know, white whale type card that that came about. Pretty crazy. Uh, um, Mukoku, real quick, his citizenship is German. He's been on the uh, German. Uh, U17, U16, U20, and U21 national team. Who, uh, what position does he play? He is the same position as Holland. Oh, he's a, he's a striker? Yeah. Mm. So that, that's his problem. He's 17 and he's third on the depth chart. Who's, who's ahead of him? Holland's number one and number two. Oh, at Dortmund, at Dortmund. At Dortmund, yeah. Okay. Well, he, he'll he be on that team until Holland transfers probably this summer. Which but for the German national team, he's behind, what, Timo Warner? Yeah, I mean, he ain't going to be on the German national team for a hot second. Yeah, probably not till the 26 um, World Cup. I because, of, like, reading some stuff on him is he's going to be my prospect guy in soccer. Um, he's not happy with the playing time. So him and his agent are talking to the Premier League. The Premier League also wants him. Could you imagine, like, you know, 17? We have, everybody's looking for that 17-year-old phenom, 18-year-old phenom to go into the Premier League. Now, 
moving from Dortmund to let's say, you know, Chelsea or Man U or Liverpool or Arsenal or Man City or something like that, I think elevates not only just your your stock, but it elevates your brand. Like even in America, you can watch Premier League games. You can't really watch a ton of besides, you know, the Azul League, the Cruz Azul League, which is Mexico, and the Premier League. That's about the only soccer stuff you can get around here. Yes, agreed. So I think uh, I would love to have him go to the Premier League. Yeah, I mean, it gives him a, a chance to have the light shine on him a little bit. So yeah. I could definitely see that. Um, What else we got? Uh, Golden. There was a uh, $2.1 million sale on a Mickey Mantle PSA 7, um, which is, I think that's right, PSA 7? What, is it card? Is it uh, 52 Mantle? Yeah, 52, which is a huge sale um, from the baseball, baseball market. You know, I've thought about this. You know, Mantle 52, you know, what's going to be baseball's card to collect 50 years from now when nobody know, nobody cares about Mickey Mantle? Because if you think about it, that's kind of the way Honus Wagner and Babe Ruth got. I mean, those were the cards to collect, you know, a few years ago, and then now it's like this generation wants Mickey Mantle. That's their guy. You know, who's going to be the next generation for baseball? And then the same thing, who's going to be the vintage guy for football and basketball i think football and basketball uh, uh, that'll be kind of easier it's going to be brady be my guess basketball is going to be lebron um because you don't think jordan you don't think jordan will hold steady i'm sure it will hold steady but like 50 years from now what do you think the pop counts are going to be on on like an 86 Fleer. Well, I don't think that'll be the card. I think if we're talking about one card that's going to be something transcendent the way the 52 Mantle is, it's got to be something with a lower pop, right? You would think so. Something that's so hard. Would it be the star? Would it be the star 85 star? Would it, yeah. Would it be or would it be like a... 86 uh, sticker? Yeah. Or, or, yeah. Or would it be like the... Uh, the uh, like ninety seven ninety eight uh, game use patch autos. Yeah, because those was, were the first patch autos made of Michael Jordan. So then, uh, for LeBron, it's got to be the exquisites. You would think. Yeah, it's got. Well, yeah. I mean, that's already there. If they're million dollar cards now, ex- yeah. What are, what are they? Be million dollar cards. Twenty, fifty, thirty years from now. Yeah. Baseball is a little harder because I don't. What is it I for football? Huh? What is it for football? That's got to be contenders Brady. Contenders Brady. Do you think RPAs ever have a a room to be that? I think. Uh, do they have yeah. a seat at the table? I think so. I think. You know, or do you need do you need somebody who actually has an RPA to actually set themselves apart? Because that's the because that's the other question. You know who's gonna because it, it's gonna be who's gonna come chase Brady, right? Yeah. So like a let's let's say Mahomes is the next Brady. 
is the Mahomes National Treasure RPA the next big card or anything RPA of Mahomes from 17? I mean, I would assume so because it seems like it seems like the more collector, like cheaper collector alternative is the Prism cards, but the stuff that truly holds the most value is the RPA. Of course, of course. And I think with but you know because uh, because the 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 vintage collector wants the contender stuff for football, right? Yeah. And the vintage guy, the vintage for basketball has got to be the the Fleer. I don't know. Maybe Steph Curry. Maybe the Steph Curry National Treasures RPA is going to be something to be sought after. So I think it's just kind of a step up of the way the card game is. You know, yeah. 1903, cigarette cards. Once you get to Babe Ruth's era, you know, or, you know, same era, but normal cards now you start stepping up into the 80s and 90s cardboard just the prints you step up into the mid 90s late 90s inserts to now the game use stuff the patch stuff on card autos like it's just gonna be will it be driven the same way will it be hyped the same way will the market determine which one is the best card to have? Will there be multiples? I'm still trying to think of your first question of, of who is it in baseball. I can't have a name. You could say Mike Trout, but he hasn't played I'm a gonna, full season of baseball in forever. I'm going to say Ken Griffey Jr. Or Derek Jeter. So if you say Ken Griffey Jr., you're going to say that the 89 upper deck is... No, one? it'll be something different. It'll be like... A, It'll be like a uh, like one of those credential cards or something like that. Old Griffey insert. That's that's gonna be the most sought after. It's gonna be one of those. And if it's Derek Jeter, it's got to be one of the '93 foils and like a super high grade because I know those are super condition sensitive. So it's got to be like a PSA 10 if yeah. there's even a PSA 10 out there. But the Griffey's got to be something a little more because the pop, the pop. We went over this before. The pop count on that that eighty nine is ridiculously high. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's got to be something. Got to be something with a little less pop. I'm not sure what it is. <sighs> to it's just too too. <laughs> it's just a tough spot, especially in baseball because of i would also say the steroid era like you could have put mcguire there you could have put sosa there you could have put barry bonds there but it's kind of like pete rose pete rose is a great baseball player but since he's got the the gambling rap on him it's kind of like his cards aren't worth nothing you know someone brought this point up and now that you said that baseball is sponsored by these sports books now yeah so why isn't pete rose in the hall of fame if baseball itself is sponsored by the thing that it was trying to prevent, why is P. Rose not in the Hall of Fame? Probably, be, well, just because, but they're still, it's still against the rules for an active player or manager to bet on their own team. We saw that with Calvin Ridley. 
Yeah, but I mean, if you're going to if you're going to be partnered with gambling itself, yeah. basically support gambling of your sport, just don't do it of your players. I mean, didn't one didn't Pete Rose say he never bet on a game that he actually played in? He just bet on other games. No, he was a manager, and he bet on the Reds. Or did he say he said I never bet on my team to lose? He never bet on his team to lose, allegedly. Uh, I mean, are we going to discredit John Jones because he does a lot of cocaine? Well, it's like steroid era. Do you believe that Barry Bonds, Sosa? He should be, Mar- yes. They all should be Hall of Famers. Tell me yeah, a more they were exciting all steroids. To, tell me a more exciting time in baseball. Yeah. I mean, they were hitting the ball literally out of the park every time. And Tell me exactly what NFL Hall of it. Famer in the last 20 years had never taken steroids. Yeah, exactly. Anybody from the 90s or 80s had taken steroids at one point. Stero- yeah. Like, if that's what you want to do for the game, do whatever. Like, the whole point of sports is to win and be entertaining. And you can't tell me during the steroid era of baseball that people weren't entertained. Yep, agreed. Agreed. I'm with you. So, all right. Let's talk about our 1,000 card challenge. $1,000 challenge. $1,000 challenge. Do you want me to start yeah. this off? So, basically, the challenge is because we've grown to pretty much create a collection that we are willing to die with. And now that we have grails of our own, you know. Maybe it's time to challenge us to make a make make collecting a little more fun again. Make it a little more interesting. Test out our abilities to go back and and start from scratch. Because if you think about it, there's new collectors in the hobby all the time. And while we are established veterans, we'll say, how does someone go about making or building a collection? You know, what do they have to do? So the $1,000 challenge is take $1,000, and you can make this applicable anyway. You could say $500 if that's all you have because Josh has done the same thing, your your cousin Josh. Take the $1,000 and turn it into a grail, minimum $5,000. So you have to 5X your money or 6X your money because in the end you want to be able to have that original $1,000 in your hand and have the grail next to it. And that's the goal is to be able to get a grail card that's worth a really good amount of money that you didn't think you'd ever get. And you'd be able to grind your way back up to the top to be able to get that card. Uh, so that's the $1,000 challenge. Uh, only get $1,000 to work with. You can't use any of your previous collection. You can't use any other items in your collection to trade. You just start with that $1,000 from scratch. That's all it is. It's tough. Oh, it's going to it's gonna be real tough. Especially, you're going to do a lot, I think... Of a lot more trading than yes. buying and selling. Yes. Because that seems to be the thing nowadays. Like, you know, during the, the COVID spike, it was a lot of buying and selling, a lot of yep. breaking, a lot of this. now, especially with the whole 1099 thing on anything over six hundred dollars, you're seeing a lot less sales on on eBay. A lot less sales on Public my labs. I mean, people are still selling cards at a super rapid rate, but 
as the mature veterans as we are, a lot of people want cash and a lot of people want to trade. Yep. Agreed. And I think trading is a is a it's an art that a lot of people don't do, but you can make some really great deals trading. Yep. Agree. Yeah, you gotta know how to work the system not work the system, but you gotta know how to work your work your dollar and work it to its max. Um mm-hmm. It's tough to do. It's knowing when to trade out. It's knowing how to not prospect, but knowing how to invest, knowing when when the right time to invest is. And knowing um, knowing the worth of your card and knowing the worth of the cards you're trading for. Yep. Yep. You got to be able to see vision. You got to be able to see the see a little bit of the long term, the short term gains. Um, yeah, it'll be tough. I started mine. I picked up the uh, orange. 99 Kai Havertz, and then I picked up a Bobachet, Bowman Chrome, uh, 9510. Um, those are my two cards that I've started with. Um, I picked them up for pretty good deals. I think mm-hmm. I can uh, turn around and flip those. Yeah. Um, maybe quick, maybe not. We'll see. Um, but got to start flipping, making a little money to to be able to move up the chain. So So what's the, what's the card that you're going to claim as one of your grail cards that you want to go so, after? I recently had to get rid of uh, one of my favorite cards in my collection. It was a flawless Jim Brown um, out of five patch auto game worn, game worn jersey pieces. Uh, really, really nice card. It was still sealed by flawless. Um, that's one of my grails. I would like to get that card back. I might get that card back just in a separate way. Um, and then the other grail that I've always wanted that I just haven't done yet is get an 01 numbered. Uh, Tiger Woods rookie auto or a um, game, a tournament worn patch auto with the Sunday red jersey on it um, because Tiger's always known for his Sunday red. I love golf. I think it's a cool, neat piece to keep in my collection, especially game worn. Um, that would be nice to have. So those are kind of my, my three that I've thought about. So I, I tried to put a little bit of thought into it. I'm trying to think of which way to go. Um, when we think of the goat collection, you know, I picked up, um, the Wayne Gretzky. I, when I think of the, uh, of a goat type collection, I think of, you know, the major cards that everybody wants to have in their collection. So I have the Gretzky. Um, I got my Ric Flair rookie. Uh, my thoughts were, I want a Bowman Chrome Brady. That seems to be one of the, one of the top ones. And just to have, even though that the pop counts are getting higher by the day, an 86 Fleer, whether it be, you know, high or low pop, I think that, you know, an 86 Fleer Jordan is just something nice to have in your collection if you're, you know, if you're going for the goats. Now, would I love to have a Jim Brown game use patch auto for sure? And I, I can find those or not I find those, but, you know, find game use patch autos like I told you today, like. Type in type in Fleer or Flawless Greats patch autos on eBay and like I want every single one of those. Roger Staubach, like anybody, anybody you can ask for, like I want them all. Like th- those are stuff like that. So I would what about say, a Jim Brown rookie with an autograph on it. That would be pretty dope. That would be pretty pretty dope. I've um, thought about one of those too. They're 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 about this, they're about the same price. Mm-hmm. Same, same kind of like grail price five grand probably it, around there. it's Three just five. so it's just so hard 
it's hard to narrow down to just one card that you would want or even, even a set of five because a lot of you know card collecting buying and trading is you know seeing things that are just cool like this bobby abreu that i that i got like yeah. you know i'm not a huge baseball fan and bobby abreu hasn't played in some years but you know the, the patch on this is sweet it's out of five it's a game use patch auto he wrote it's inscribed on it so you know sometimes cards are just you know buy and feel baseball you picked up that boba shet uh auto i picked up before the season started way before the season started kind of like right after the season ended uh boba shet rookie black refractor out of 199 and People, you know, people are offering me left and right on that. I think there are guys in baseball right now that, you know, we can call prospecting. Uh, uh, Luis Robert, uh, Bo Bichette, uh Galvin Lux has kind of fallen off the face of the earth. Uh, Bobby Witt Jr. Like the, the guys like that, you know, if you're investing in guys who are in the leagues, maybe one, two years, I can't do the, the super, super prospecting because I don't have that time with, I don't have that time or patience, but I think some smart plays to move up. Um, but like when I think about cards that I want, it's the kind of like five star collector who, who we had on here. The cool, the great looking game use patch autos. Yeah. Um, and then the signature cards. I think having the signature card, the 86 Fleers, the Bowman Chromes, the, the Flair rookies, stuff like that, that are staples in a collection to me that's kind of what i want to build my collection around yep i'm with you yeah i agree i think it's uh i just i love owning a piece of the game you know yeah yeah that's a big thing owning a piece of the game that we all love and that's that's really what the hobby's all about is the sports themselves and being able to be a part of it mm-hmm. so i think that's the closest thing we can't get to it so on a, a grading question, do you think with us being or with us seeing a lot more SGC slabs in the market, has SGC jumped jumped Beckett? Do you think maybe not money wise, but in people giving SGC just about as much respect as they do Beckett? Because remember when, when SGC kind of first started getting popular again? People were kind of like mm, not on the train, not on the hype train. Now that they're basically, you know, now PSA starting to pump out cards again. But SGC's kind of been the only grading company that's really been able to to turn cards in and out. Yeah, SGC's done a really good job for their brand at making a reliable, consistent grade, but also grading it very fairly and tough. Um, I would say. SGC is probably synonymous in grading with PSA. Um, it's just the market wants PSA more, which is fine. Uh, I would say SGC is probably on par with BGS. BGS, like, you can turn a PSA card and switch it over to BGS and probably gain, like, maybe a half grade or a full grade on it um, just because that stuff happens. Um, they seem to be a little more lenient right now on their grades, but. And I think SGC's caught them as far as like value and desirability. You know, maybe it's like a a two A goes to BGS, two B is SGC, but they're definitely they're right there now. It's there's not as much of a discrepancy. 
and they, even some of the vintage cards, I think SGC holds a little higher value than BGS. Yeah. Um, and it was, is a little bit more closer to a PSA grade uh, than the BGS is. And sometimes it's just, you know, up to the collector. Like Josh, I don't think Josh really cares about – he he actually likes SGC. He likes the look of it, the tuxedo look. Um, I think for, for mid-tier to – Mid high tier cards, SGC is a good suggestion for grading. I would only take a you know, I'd only put in a PSA or BGS order if it's something super high graded, super, yes. super high valued. Yes, um, I think if you want to, if you like slabs like I do, um, SGC is probably the way to go. Yeah, I agree. And even let's say an SGC 10 to a PSA 10. The difference could be anywhere from fifty to hundred dollars, but you know if you're still making times two, times three on your money, or that three to five percent that we always talk about, like who cares? Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Some cards I like BGS. I mean, I just hate the thing I hate about BGS is their the stupid white label that they have for an eight. It really yeah. makes the card suck. Yeah. Um, I think SGC and SGC 810 looks a lot better than a BGS 810. Um, I agree. And then obviously PSA just kind of in their own world, let's be honest. Same. So, yeah. Same for everything. Yeah. But, so, anything else you got on our nope, to do list? That's all I got for tonight. Cool. All right. Well, got to thank our sponsors. My slabs, that's myslabs.com. Buy and sell your slabbed cards, your slabbed comic books, your sealed wax, which I bought a I bought a wax uh, soccer box, hobby box not too long ago. Um, for only like 60 bucks. My slabs, there's only one percent fees on graded cards on wax, three percent fees on on uh, uh brawl cards, and six percent fees on lots. Do all your buying and selling on myslabs.com. I'm telling you, get off of eBay. You'll thank us. Don't give eBay your 12 and 13%. Go to our friends at myslabs.com. Uh, protectorslabs.com. Go check out our friends at Slab Savers. Like, if you have big time investments that we talk about all the time and you want to keep your cards nice and safe, you know, check out our guys at protectorslabs.com. They got big cases. They got single individual cases. I'm actually going to start picking up a couple more cases from them because I my collection keeps growing and growing, so I'm going to need some more. So go check them out on Instagram. Go check them out on Twitter, on Facebook. They got great stuff. If you use the code DREAM3, you're going to get 10% off your order. That's great on protecting your slabs. Uh, graded ship dot com great card solutions they just got a new packaging system out because you know shipping your cards it's one of the things that we hate to do because i you see it on card uh shows and card groups all the time of ups or fedex or the mail just crushing your cards and destroying a slapped card or whatever so make sure that anytime you sell something you ship it properly Use tape, use cardboard, protect those cards as much as you can. Your reputation is also on the line when you do that, and you hate to give refunds. Everybody does. And finally, Nation Golf, 
Remember our friend Adam Hawk was on with us last time before the Masters. NationGolfCompany.com. If you love the golden era of golf, they got great crew necks, great polo shirts, great T-shirts, hats. I mean, spring, man. Get your golf on. Get ready. NationGolfCo.com. So until next time, I'm sure we'll find a guest or we'll just go on and babble about something else. There's all kinds of things we can talk about coming up. More USFL football, more fights coming up. The draft up. next the Thursday. Draft. We'll see how bad the Jets screw up like normal. Yep. Um, but finally, follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter. Follow the, the Facebook page. And download on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Wherever you listen to podcasts, even YouTube. Check us out. Give us a like. Give us a thumbs up. Give us a share. Talk to us. Buy, sell, trade from us. Ask questions. You got card questions? We'll have answers. If we don't have answers, we'll put you in a in a space where, you know, we know enough people that will find you answers. The card <laughs> community, as big as it is, is a very small, tight knit community, and everybody really knows everybody. So, until next time, boys, we will see you later. Oh, 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 oh,